2: Experience. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021 Genesis Invitational Research. First look and preview, maybe some early leans as well. If you out there want to help out the show, few ways to do that. One, smash the like button to the episode. In the description, give me your early lean to win at Riviera this week. Stacked field, by the way. Tough to really have an early lean, only because there are so many good players. A lot of guys... Can win this week. Also, if you subscribe to daily fantasy sports picks and bets, the mix, then you're and then you leave a five star review with your Twitter handle or email address. Please go do this; it really helps us out. By the way, uh, you're in a draw for a hundred. U.S. bucks. We're going to be giving that away on Monday show with Jeff Feinberg. Uh, also on Tuesday, David Barnett from Tour Junkies is going to be on the show, breaking down the DraftKings side of Riviera this week. So daily fantasy sports picks and bets, the mix, NASCAR, UFC, esports, soccer, one and done, Euro Tour, all of the shorter stuff that we have up on Mayo Media Network is up on that podcast feed. Please help us out and leave the rating and review. That way we can launch it up the charts, make it discoverable for everyone. To find, uh, go download the episodes too. Always download all of the episodes. Download them twice if you can. That really does again help us out. We're running a free operation over here. This is how we get our bucks. So please, once again, help us out. Listeners' League is open. Is in the description of the video and pod and everything today. When you watch me go through my research, is going to be from FantasyNational.com. FantasyNational.com/slash/Mayo get you a twenty percent discount. We're getting in the heart of golf right now. This is really the first. Elite field of the year at Riviera. So from now, basically through the PGA or through the British Open, uh, it's going to be awesome field. So get your fantasy membership, fantasy national membership now, fantasynational.com slash mail. I think that's everything. Oh, everyone, uh, thank you for entering the free money stuff that I mentioned on Monday's show. If you sent the email, go check your inbox. It's up there now. I had most people, I think, pretty happy with the free money that was given out. Other people, you know, just hit me back or hit back my assistant, actually. She can help you out on that front. Let's jump into it, though. Riviera Country Club, the site of the 2021 genesis invitational 121 players in the field these invitational fields are smaller than we're used to as we had 156 at tory we had 156 at pebble 132 at phoenix only 121 this week meaning that the six of six percentage should theoretically be higher unless you know the three biggest chocks end up bombing out and then all of a sudden you have a really low six of six percentage but course history has played a lot into it correlated courses that we've seen over the year obviously the masters but again that could just be due to these strong fields that show up to both but quail hollow is one over the years that i've seen crossover leaderboards my guy james han has actually won it both. So that's something to look into as well. If you're just going to try to be picking and choosing, have a tiebreaker between some players. Distance is obviously going to matter a ton this week. It's a longer course. It's 70, over 7,300 yards a par 71. And there's a really short par four. There's a short par three. So it's hidden value uh, in a lot of senses or hidden length when it comes to Riviera because some of these par fours are daunting when it comes down to it. And also like Torrey and like Pebble, I guess the denominator would be those Poa greens that we have in California. That the th- that the miss putt percentage inside five feet incredibly high. The three on tour that have the highest percentage of miss putts inside three feet: Torrey. Pebble and Riviera. So just because your guy is three feet for par doesn't mean he's making it. Uh, We saw a lot of misses at Pebble Beach over the weekend. Obviously, I'm filming this before the conclusion of Pebble Beach, far before the leaders have gone off trying to get this out nice and early for everyone. But when your guy is, you know, when you're sweating a giant ticket on someone, they miss a two-foot putt, you're like, oh my God, how does this happen? It happens to a lot of people uh, at Pebble Beach. So don't be too triggered by that. Hopefully they can make some long ones and really even things out. Let's jump over into Fantasy National right now and really get a deeper dive into what's going on. You see the field, if we start by strokes gain total, Dustin, Xander, Rom, Thomas, Bryson, all up the top. Generally, this is going to be one of the strongest fields of the year. In fact, it's stronger than some WGC fields, depending on who ends up showing up at those WGCs. So the elites of the field, once we kind of scroll through it, Dustin, Thomas, Rom, Xander, Rory, Cantley, Bryson, Brooks, Finau, Morikawa, Matsuyama, Hovland, Wolf, Berger, Spieth, and Adam Scott is the defending champion at this course. Scott, J.B. Holmes, Bubba, Dustin, Bubba, James Hahn, and Bubba are your winners here from 2020 through 2014. Adam Scott won at 11 under par a year ago. But it's not just the very top of the field that is super enticing and super strong. We also have a loaded middle tier this week as well. So if we just go past the very top end just a little bit, this is where the value plays are really going to come in like on DraftKings, it's going to be really hard to construct teams this week because there are going to be too many good options so you're going to have to let the price dictate that obviously i don't know what the price is right now so it's going to be hard to make any sort of picks but in the betting odds like these guys should come in like 35 to 80 depending on who they are so the second tier you're going to see Bubba watson who's won here three times neiman nah scheffler molinari who's a fucking disaster see whoo Kim, Leishman, Cam Smith, Sergio Garcia, Abraham Anser. Who else we got here? Zella Torres, Burns, Hanley, Kokrak, Ortiz, Fowler, Varner, Cam Davis, Lonto, Connors, Homa, Gary Woodland, Cameron Champ, Matthew Fitzpatrick is over stateside, the number 20 ranked player in the world for the first time all year. He did win the DB World Tour Championship in Dubai to close 2020, but he's gotten miscut in 17 through two starts on the European Tour over in the Middle East so far. Doc Redman actually won the U.S. Amateur at Riviera in 2017. Uh, Tae Hoon Kim, was, he was granted an invitation after winning the Genesis Championship over in Korea last year. Probably have no... Real reservations about putting him in. I was hoping uh, Batia would end up in here only because there's been such a crossover for left-handed players. We see, and that's where the Augusta corollary really comes in, that Phil, Bubba, and Mike Weir are the only players left-handed players ever to win at Augusta they've also won multiple times at Riviera in their careers too so there is that crossover for left-handed players uh, that we've seen and Batia le- a lefty from California could end up being pretty good not gonna lie to you so I was hoping he could scrape himself into the field maybe a top finish at Pebble will end up getting him in I'm not really sure how that works maybe he isn't I just didn't see him in the field but uh, I'd be curious to see where he ends up this week so if we jump into the stats overall let's look at the course conditions and see what we're dealing with here we have let's see we have all weighted rounds which is really nice to have Uh, first time in a while we've had i guess phoenix was like that but uh, pebble didn't have it amex didn't have it tori didn't have it for all of the rounds you see the green firmness 2019 was a bit different that was also a terrible weather year if you remember justin thomas had the big lead but like saturday got canceled out they had to play 36 holes on sunday so probably throw out that year when it comes down to it but generally you're gonna see poa greens firm difficult to hit fairways some of the most difficult on the pga tour you better get used to the term kukuya a lot of kukuya grass out there gonna make it really tough gonna catch catch the head of the club a lot Um, But, you know, the guys play this course every year. Fast greens on POA as well. And that's generally pretty average, difficult to score, average to difficult to score on. Uh, Overall, pretty firm greens, pretty fast greens. Uh, It's not so much that course history means a lot here, but understanding these green complexes really does. That's how Bubba has had a lot of success here in the past. Just his lag putting has been really good at this course, just like it has been at Augusta. And we've seen different players just who have familiarity with these greens tend not to blow it as much as some of the other other players uh the course breakdown for the week I'm gonna guess uh driving distance approach let's see if there's any let's see the 18th hole is the fourth hardest nine is the seventh so you probably want guys going off the front. Uh, just maybe you can sneak a birdie. Let's see, 10% birdie rate on number nine, 9%. I guess it really doesn't matter all that much. Maybe you can fluke into a birdie run. Uh, if you can sneak one on 18, then you can go. You have the possibility to go 16, 17, 18, which it doesn't matter where you play at. But 17, 18, and one is the easiest hole on the course. A 6% eagle rate. Don't tell Tony Finau though. Guy not afraid to make par on the easiest hole on the PGA Tour. It's the easiest par five on the PGA Tour. So when I said that you see a lot of hidden distance here you have a par 5 that's 511 yards to kick things off that is not a very long par 5 whatsoever you have that par 4 that's 285 that you can take the shot at at the green uh it's been easier in few in the past few years but it really depends on where the pin placement is on that hole uh if you really want to go attack and try to drive it from off from the tee box or you can remember harold varner last year uh he topped the ball on number 10 i think it was and then just we didn't get to see it on tv he was firmly in the mix that week too and then let's see here if we just kind of sort by yardage on these holes one two three four five six Six par fours measuring between 450 and 500 yards. And there's another one at 446. And you can see first, second, fifth, fourth. None of these holes are easy. In fact, they're all, uh, they all basically play over par uh 4.28 4.19 yeah none of them play two par they all play over par so if you can sneak your way through this stretch of holes and basically play them at even for the week and you can do your damage on the shorter par number 16 the shorter par three and the par fives and maybe you can play number 10 under par for the week and all of a sudden you're looking pretty good strokes gained by top 10 finishers this event historically as you can see approach and putting go a long ways as they do every single week around the green tends to mean more than putting to the top 10 though to save par on a lot of these holes and again understanding the green complexes it's a bit flatter if we look at the top five finishers overall although around the green does seem to mean as much as off the tee putting means less approach means a little bit more compared to each other And for the winners, approach means more than putting. Around the green means more than driving, which is pretty unique to see, uh, to tell you the truth. I guess if we just look at people who make the cut overall, uh, putting tends to play a bigger factor in that than approach. So you want to have the good putting, obviously, but the approach game is where you really need to be at. Uh, If you're not firing with your irons, then you're basically going to have no chance when it comes down to it. Uh, Let's see the whole composition. So yeah, these nasty par fours. Uh, And these are, again, the 450 to 500 are going to be the most difficult on the course. How are the other power fives play? They're the three easiest holes on the course, but the eagle rate is only really in play for number one, 1.1% at number 11, 0.7% at number 17. So you're just looking to birdie those holes, although... I guess the par five 17th, uh just it plays fractionally under par. The birdie percentage is a lot lower than I thought. It's almost the same as number 10, uh, but the bogey percentage and the doubles percentage is far, far lower. Uh, you're just going to see a lot more pars on number 17 for your regular par 5. You really need to make your bones on number 1 and get going from that circumstance. Historic cut line, let's see. Last year it was plus 2, uh, even the year before that, plus 3, plus 1, plus 1, plus 4, plus 2. I would guess that it probably hovers around that even to plus two. Line again, top 65 in ties kind of mellows that out a little bit because fewer people end up making the cut. Driving accuracy, like I mentioned, much lower here 56% versus 62%. Greens and regulation, that's why around the green ends up meaning so much more. Uh, only a 58% greens and regulation rate versus a 66% at your average tour event, three putts per round, higher than average. Average driving distance a little bit lower because uh, you got to pick your spots. You need to really be able to shot shape off the tee, really envision what. What's going on for yourself so at uh, the green regulation at least proximity to the hole is much higher it's just you don't hit as many greens in regulation if we go over the actually we don't need to look at recent results we kind of know what that is if we've been paying attention every week tournament history As I mentioned, Adam Scott won a year ago. Overall, uh, this is from the past five years. Duncan, Harmon, Gay, Champ, Malinari, and Putman, the worst over the past five years in this field in terms of strokes gained total. Scott and DJ have made every cut each of the past five years and are tied for the most strokes gained total. Then it's Rory, Bubba, and Matt Kuchar. Weirdly enough, this does not seem like a course where Matt Kuchar would do really well. I wonder how he does it. Gotta be putting, right? If it's if you're going to be up here and you're short hitting Matt Kuchar, maybe the long irons have been really good. Uh, Genesis 9.5 strokes putting. Yeah, they'll do it for you. I uh, bet 3.9 gained on approach the year before lost and then putted really well. It was great around the greens in 2017. He kind of patches together. Hadwin's another one here who ends up just playing well every single year. We just look back at last year's leaderboard. Kucher Kang, who's made the cut here each of the past five years, uh, and so I guess it was those two that are still in the field, at least this time around. So Scott, Kucher Kang, Rory, and Bryson, Hideki, Homa, and Damon all tie for fifth a year ago. Uh, what happened to Werner? Yeah, Werner ended up down in T13. KH Lee was middling around for a little, And last time we saw KH Lee, he was second in Phoenix and the guy could not make a putt to save his life. So maybe on the lower end of things, Han and Lee are two guys to look at in the $6,000 range. Now that I'm saying that and people look at last year's leaderboard, I'm guessing that they're probably going to be pretty highly owned. But you never know when it comes down to it. Uh, we don't know until the DraftKings pricing actually comes out. So let's see. Riviera. Where are we at, Riviera? Riviera. What did we have from last year? Ball striking high with an extra lean on approach and a 10% weight on around the green. 450 to 500. The difficult holes, 15%. Driving distance, 15%. Just looking at the players who I mentioned, you don't have to be a bomber in order to excel at. Riviera. However, the path the least resistance is going to be happening uh, <laughs> if you can be closer to the hole. So proximity, 175 to 200. Proximity, over 200%. Weighted at both 5%. I have opportunities gained uh, just to see who's up there. I have them listed at 0% right now. It's not really a pin-seeking type of course. It would be nice if your guys could gain a bunch of strokes and be within 20 feet of the cup. In green's a regulation or fringe in regulation or under-regulation. That's just not going to really be the case at Riviera. Area. I did throw putting in at five percent, so let's load that in and see what ends up happening. I do want to go back to the course breakdown for a second and look at the proximity ranges because I kind of glossed over that. Yeah, the average shot distribution, 150 to 175, 175 to 200, and 200 plus. So can you hit a long iron is really what it comes down to this week. On your par 4s, you're going to see the majority of their, probably the plurality of the shots at least, from 150 to 200. Uh, The 200 plus is more for the par 5s, maybe some of the short hitters. All right, let's see what this spit out. Past 50 rounds in the rankings, no big shocker. DJ, Thomas, Rom, Finau, Xander, Bryson, Neiman, Werner. How is Neiman? Has Neiman played this course? I don't recall him ever being, and he's in on he's on hot fire right now. 2-2 through Hawaii, and we haven't seen him since. Uh, 44th and a missed cut at the Genesis a year ago. Interesting to see. So we'll have to dig into him later in the week. Matthew Wolf, Siwoo Kim, and Harold Varner still inside. I'm guessing once this loads in the pebble stats, actually, Harold Varner won't be too negatively impacted by the pebble stats. It's the spyglass stats that are really going to mess him up, but he probably won't drop down too low. As you can see, uh, the proximity from 200 plus still really good for Varner, really good for Wolf. Be curious to see if we shrink down the sample size who to, let's say, past 24 rounds to see where these guys end up stacking up from the long iron perspective, at least. Or maybe there's a few other names that come into the mix for us just based on the shorter sample size. It's past 50 rounds, depending on the player, could go way, way back. So past 24 rounds, nothing really that much different, but Brooks, Zalatoris are in the side of the top five now. Hovland, Bryson falls down a little bit, as does Verner. Sam Burns does pop up. He ends up in 12th. The Gim Reaper, Doug Gim, ends up in 15th. Where's that all coming from? Approach around the green play. is back for the first time uh, since Hawaii. He did play overseas. The putting has been really bad for him, but... Obviously, we've seen him spike on some poa greens in the past, and he is the best player in the field over this range from 175 to 200. Uh, and from over 200 yards, he is 21st in this field. So let's see who really stacks up the best with those long irons. It's Morikawa. So let's say top 25 for both. Morikawa and Woodland, Zalatoris, John Rahm, Cameron Davis, Carlos Ortiz, Harold Varner III, Third. Neiman is top 30 for both of them. Thomas is top 20 for both, as is Adam Long. Really Adam Long would not have guessed that. Uh, John Augustine is top 25 for both in 12 rounds of action, although that's against much weaker competition. Rory McIlroy is just on the outside. He's 26th from 175 to 200, 9th from 200 plus. Uh, Hovland is just outside as well as he leans better to beyond 200 yards than anyone else. Wesley Bryan, who does have a top five finish at this course, uh, actually hits his long irons pretty well too. So interesting to see some of these guys pop up. Who's the best? from 450 to 500 we got dj thomas brooks hovland xander piercy norlander burns hoffman Fitzmagic, and matt jones kokrak has played well at this course in the past so james hahn also pops up on this part adam long inside the top 15 ricky fowler jesus ricky fowler wish he'd be better Especially when I bet on you. I never bet on Ricky. I've bet him back-to-back weeks and he's been an absolute train wreck. Just keep getting enticed by all those odds. Who else would be up there? Fratelli is inside the top 30 as is Lonto, the herminator. That's kind of surprising. Lonto... Not great from 175 to 200, but inside the top 10 from 200, I actually had a premonition that Lonto would play really well this week. I feel like Lonto's just been kind of lingering at some of these events. Yeah, 7th at Farmers, a longer course where you probably wouldn't expect him. You do worry that he is not the best around the greens at all, and that might come back to bite him, although he did end up inside the top 10 at Farmers. Maybe he can kind of overcome it. Uh, Was decent on a around the greens last year, horrible on approach, came T37 a year ago. How are his putting splits? Uh, he's kind of neutral on poa, but just a very good putter by and large in general. So not too worried about him here. All right, how's uh, how's my guy Leishman stack up? His Leishman uh, just k- kind of popped out to me that he would be an early lean for myself because I think that he would come in around like the 50 to 80 range, I guess, depending on the book. So, so far in 2021, three straight events of at least 2.8 strokes on approach putted really well at farmers uh he had that bad round at the north that kind of took him out of it couldn't put his way out of a paper bag at tournament of champions lost over five strokes in that event fourth at sony just played really well uh, has played well at sony in the past he has Let's see 43rd last year fourth the year before miscut miscut fifth so it's hit or miss for him but we've seen some really good spike years in terms of the approach over five last year over six the year before almost five in 2016 as well so if he can have one of these 4.7 strokes game putting weeks or tell just don't have the minus 2.5 have like plus two it does seem like he should be in business a little bit. Uh, striking to see him lose 3.1 strokes around the green. Uh, I would actually expect him to lose more off the tee than around the green, historically speaking, if we look back long term in Leishman's career. But that's a way that we can do it. It's going to be really tough to decipher the top of the board. I'll try to predict the odds a little bit later on and see how that goes. But when you have Dustin Thomas Brooks coming off a win, I mean, Cantlay and or Spieth could be coming off a win as well, although I really hope not. If somehow Lashley can win this tournament, it would be so good. Be so good. I do not have high hopes, though. But it's day or Lashley for me. I got in on Stewart at 50 to 1 on Sunday morning, as just maybe if one of those guys can get into it and Stewart also gets into it, it's a long, long shot hedge. But frankly, Cantlay on paper seems to be the best setup if he can make some putts on Sunday to go out and win this thing. Uh, I just really hope that doesn't happen because I don't have Patrick Cantley anywhere. I don't have him or spieth So even if Berger wins, I don't hit an outright, but my DraftKings overall should be looking a little bit better forget how brooks is play i feel like brooks doesn't play this tournament but maybe that's just me misremembering he's played it twice actually played really well last year couldn't putt couldn't chip but you know the ball striking was really good t43 i wonder where he ends up coming him with it's always tough to peg brooks in terms of the odds because at majors he tends to he's gonna have it's funny that he's gonna have better odds at majors than he will in any of these tournaments, but coming off a fifty five to one win, he's probably gonna be in like the eighteen, sixteen to one range. Rory is really the the key for me here. Like I I I only I've only bet him twice, I think, in the past 2 years. One was at Tory Pines a few weeks ago, and the other time I believe was at this tournament last year. I think each of this, this tournament each of the last 2 years I've bet Rory, but maybe I should just stop, stop taking him on Poa, just like play Bryson instead. See how that ends up going. But, you know, with Han winning here and JB Holmes winning, both those guys were long shots, so uh, it's going to be really tricky to figure out what's going on. Anything else I want to look at? Who's been best at approach? Let's just take a rolling look at uh, the model over time. I don't want to go to custom. Where do I want to go here? I want to go to rolling report. That's the one I want to go to. And I want to go to custom model. And I want to call this, let's go all records. There we go. See how that turns out for me to see if we can find someone who's rising up uh, or maybe someone who's just having a bit of a decline in the short term, but does rate out very well for Riviera. I'm guessing that will be Bubba. Bubba will appear much higher in the long form than he does in the short form. Let's just look up Bubba. He's 21st, 32nd, 14th, 17th, 21st, and 38th. Um, I don't know if they'll hang a number. Honestly, on Bubba Watson, that is super appealing. Um, If you get a 50, you bet the 50. If you get a 45, you bet the 45. The guy's won here. We know if it's ever going to be a Bubba year, Bubba's going to start winning at the courses that he generally wins at. Um, I think 40 or over, I'm probably in on Bubba. I have to see the rest of the board, though. It's hard to make that call right now, really thinking about it. If we look back at the past 100 rounds overall, uh Thomas gets progressively worse as we go through it. I mean, if we just take Phoenix into consideration, before that he was fine. But he would be number 1 Dustin Rom, Brooks Fino, Matsuyama, Scott Rory, Xander Cantley and Morikawa. I mean, Morikawa has won me so much money, I probably just have to, you know, blindly go to him. I mean, and Rom in California too is always a really good play. Don't remember how he's done here. I think he's only played it twice, never missed a cut, but Genesis, seventeenth and ninth. Those strokes game putting, pretty impressive. He's really covered up some bad iron play the last two years. Huh, very interesting, but get him on Poa, get him in California. That's usually our guy, John Rom, to play around with here. Tringali is much better long-term than he has waited out recently. He's on a downswing. Woodland uh, is starting to catch himself back up a little bit. Did not play very well in Phoenix, but had a much better round two than he had round one. Sometimes that that's all it takes for guys to get back into the swing of things. Connors don't know really what to make of him at this course. I guess he could really heat up with the irons, but I don't know. He's someone that I like long-term for the year. How is Scheffler at this Scheffler, long term rates at 35th, and he's 68th, 80th, so got it kind of back. How did he perform at this course? It might be a nice week. I guess Zalatoris has played a lot of golf. Uh, 30th at Genesis last year, missed the cut the year before that. Zalatoris really does kind of stick out to me as maybe people will finally be off of him. Maybe his price will get corrected just a tiny bit. So. That will be curious to see what he comes in at. Damon played really well here last year. Molinari, uh, I bet you his numbers go down. Stupid Molinari. Cam Davis in the short term rates out like the best in the field. And he's having a pretty decent week at Pebble. If he finishes off strongly, that could be a spot to go to. Sergio is like captain Captain old school course history here. Shocked to see Casey not in the field this time around. 37, 37, 49th Miss Cup. But before that, 4th, 13th, and 4th. How is Sergio overseas? Let's. Sergio played okay overseas. He got the win in the swing season. He's putting with his eyes closed. Uh, has been bad stateside since the Shriners and Sanderson Firm, though. You don't like to see, you know, the four point seven strokes lost putting. That's pretty typical for Sergio. The around the green has really been saving him. Is there any around the green players, just by and large, that we can look at who might end up? Just kind of popping up. We'll look at past 36 rounds, strokes gained overall. We'll take a look at around the green. Maybe there's some hidden value around the green. See whoo, Kim. And he has a top five finish of this course. Varner is up there. Cantley, Spieth, Norrin, Fowler, Shelton. I guess last time we saw Shelton, he'd been, I guess, in at Torrey Pine, Shelton was playing really well. I don't think that he played all that well at Pebble, although he may have or at Waste Management. I think he made the cut, though. Yeah, he was 53rd at waste management. Hadwin, he made the cut the last time that we saw him at Wampo 18th at Farmers. That Those approach numbers are just god-awful, though. I don't know what's going on with him right now. But if he can rediscover his irons, it might be Hadwin season all again because the putting has returned for him. Generally puts really well on Boa, historically, as we've seen. The around the green game has been back uh, better than it was before. He's driving the ball pretty well so far, at least in the past two events that we've seen him. But I just wonder about this approach. rate. that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight straight events where he has lost strokes on approach weighted rounds. And then there would be 10 of his past 11 that he has lost strokes. Jeez, that's not very good. Uh, let's just sort out Riviera by itself Riviera CC and just take a look at the putting splits to see if anyone just kind of weirdly pops up in terms of being decent putters at the course over time. We'll sort this by average round. So it gives us some of the short-term guys, some of the long-term guys. Uh, McCarthy, Wyndham, Clark, Rom all have fewer than 10 rounds. Then it's Carlos Ortiz. Maybe Ortiz is a guy to go to. Uh, he hasn't missed the cut here in ages. I think he's three. I think he's made it th- three for three in his starts. I mean, I can just go quickly look this up if we need to, but he's averaging a stroke around on the greens. We can see he's in a groove putting right now. Genesis 26, ninth, twenty sixth and 20th gained at least 2.7 strokes every single year putting and has gained a bunch on approach too. So uh, we've seen that the around the green game just lately has been surging. So maybe this is a week Carlos Ortiz can put it all together. It's not like, you know, he wilts under pressure. He has a win so far this season. He's been in contention. I mean, Carlos Ortiz, one of my favorite guys going, so hopefully he can pop back up there fratelli in six rounds has putted really well wes brian kuchar all the guys you'd kind of expect dj is up there Poston stallings is another one who just tends to play well in california having a decent week at pebble too so maybe it's time to go back to scott stallings sung kang never missed a cut at this course putts pretty well xander see woo. Kim. Rory actually puts pretty well. Bubba puts pretty well. So these are splits. J.B. Holmes, guys that aren't typically great putters, tend to putt well at Riviera over the course of their careers, by and large. Like, this is 36 rounds for J.B. Holmes, and he's in the positive. Like, if you take that sample at any other course, I'm pretty sure that it's not going to turn out too well for him. Uh, J.B. is also one of those players that has won at both Riviera and Quail Hollow over the years. So let's take a look at Quail Hollow. Uh, um, we don't want to look at the PGA championship. I think this is the right one. There's two of them on fantasy national for some reason. Uh, let's see. Strokes gain total. I guess this is just from, Oh yeah. Since the redesign. So this is the past two years that we've seen Homa uh, who got the win at quail hall. So let's mark down Homa. I mean, that's not going to be a surprise. People love max Homa. He's playing well at pebble, Damon Bryson, Sergio Fowler, Stanley Perez, Rory, Charles, Charles. I remember I bet Charles to win here one year. I think it was the year that Bubba won in 2016. Uh, had a nice one. I think he ended up winning Valspar later that year. Grio Gooch, Von Taylor, Doc Redmond. So this is a very small sample, obviously. Let's include both Quail Hollows into this just to see if we can get a larger sample of what has been going on. We probably don't want to look at Quail Hollow when it was at the PGA Championship, which you know, does not benefit Justin Thomas whatsoever because he won at that course that year, but uh, the conditions were just much harder at that one. Uh, strokes gained total. Rory, Damon, Ricky, Sergio, Perez, Woodland all of a sudden pops back up. Hideki pops back up. There's JT. Molinari probably don't want to go to Molinari. He's one of the players with the most strokes lost over the past five years at Riviera. Streb, that's kind of interesting. Finau, JB, Bryson, Steele, Redmond, Gooch. Maybe this is a Redmond I mentioned that he had won the U.S. Amateur at this course in his career. Uh, disastrously bad putter, as we've seen uh, over the course of time. How was he done at the Genesis? Never played the Genesis. Uh, what's it called? Wells Fargo, 18th at the Wells Fargo in 2019. Obviously, that was not a contested event a year ago, so that's not great. All right. I think that's good enough for me. We probably don't need to lean too much, Honestly into what has happened at Pebble Beach because frankly, I don't think those stats are really going to mean too much. Uh, the fourth round is ongoing right now. The guys are just getting onto the course and we only have two of the three rounds of data anyway. And that's a short driving course. This is a long driving course. Irons are going to come from different places. It'd be nice to see guys that are playing well if they're irons and we can look at that on monday and tuesday and wednesday as we go through everything but i don't think that there's a ton of correlation between the two places for example tiger won at pebble Boku times never won at genesis uh he does have an outside chance of still staying inside the top 50 and getting an invite to the wgc in florida the week after the genesis maybe we see him Probably not, but it would be nice to see Tiger, even if he's just on the grounds. Let him do some commentary. I remember he was doing that for the hero one year when he couldn't play. Shockingly good in the booth. Get Tiger in the booth for a WGC. That'd be great. We're going to see our guy Bobby Mack down there too. It's probably why we're going to see a lot of the Europeans make their way over for the WGC, then start off the Florida Swing. So we'll get Hatton back. We'll get Fleetwood back. Who else? Bobby Mack. We've got Fitzpatrick this week. So Thomas. I don't know if Thomas Peters qualifies for WGCs anymore. Not quite sure. Anyway, let's review the DraftKings lineup for the week. I am currently out of the money at the moment on DraftKings. That's never fun to be out of the money. I review my $200 lineup every single week. And as you can see, uh, I made one critical mistake. Well, I mean, playing Harold Werner was a critical mistake, but I was going to play Harold Werner either way. So to walk through my process of this, I had a few different options that I wanted to take. So I ended up going with Malinari over Day, and that is the big—this lineup originally had Day in it. Uh, if I had Day in it at the moment, this would be looking much, much better a lot better. It'd be well into the money and I would not be on the bubble sweating anything. I came into the day um, four points out of the money. So where's the money at right now? I think it's like right here. So 163 or what? sorry, the as we speak right now, 365 is the money. And where am I at? I'm at 357. So I'm eight points out of the money. I need Matt Jones to go on a run. I need Malinari to go on a run. Or I mean Homa and Davis would be great, but a lot of people own Homa and Davis in these lineup. But Homa, Davis are really my core guys from here. I played a lot of them. I played a lot of Malinari. I played a lot of day and I played a lot of burger. I just Couldn't fit Berger into this lineup. uh, And I went with Lashley in a ton of play. If Lashley wins, I'm fine. Uh, Like I mentioned, I just don't anticipate him winning. If you can just have a good round and stick in like the top five and maybe... I guess it really depends on who wins because a lot of people have Spieth, a lot of people have Berger, a lot of people have Cantlay and that's going to directly affect everything. So the biggest mistake I made, once I heard it was going to be a bit colder out, uh, I went off of Jason Day and went to Molinari. Obviously that was a disaster when he shot plus four in the third round. So as of the course I've been doing this, I'm minus 600 through three weeks. Uh, could be minus 800, but maybe not. If Lashley ends up winning, like I probably make 600 bucks in this tournament, potentially, and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm minus 200. Or if hell, if it gets even higher, i would be nice. Be, it would be, Varner missing the cut just kind of screwed me in a lot of places. I had a lot of Ricky this week, but not so much that it really made an impact. And he wasn't any of my single entries or high dollar lineup. So I wasn't too bummed out by that. But Molinari instead of Day, I thought the cold weather would affect Day back and obviously it didn't if i had him in right now it would be a lot better the other thing that i could have done i suppose if i got off Werner, there was no one really in that range not that i love matt jones but he kind of made everything else work i guess if i I could have went up to tringali who i did use uh, that would have worked out better at the moment for me than matt jones lashley i kind of had in as my last man in, in a lot of my higher stakes lineups obviously that's working out well right now the other guys in my player pool that I really went with that I could have instead of Varner. So I guess I could have got up to Berger in some spots. I didn't use Spieth, so that wasn't really on the table for me. But if I had just used Day instead of Molinari, like I mentioned, that would have worked out. And in this range, uh, I could have dropped to Hubbard. He had a great Saturday, then a really bad Saturday. But he was another guy that I was going Hubbard-Lashley to finish off my lineups. And Gim really would have been the other one who would have been better than Verner because obviously he made the cut. But i don 't know if I really would have felt comfortable with that in a single entry. I felt good about Varner, so I wasn't really going to get it getting off of him. It was that like mid eights to mid sevens that I didn't really have a feel for outside of Jones and Varner, and that's just how the lineups ended up. I guess if I could have turned Matt Jones into someone a bit higher, whether it would be a day or a Norlander or a Streelman, then I could have went down from Varner to Mark Hubbard, and that would have worked out for me as well. So I'm hoping I can end up in the cash in this event. That would be nice because, you know, losing money, never all that much fun. But I guess it really hinges on Lashley for me. And I know that's an outside shot His win equity is not all that high. Even though he is in the final group, he's just one of many in that pack who can get things going. But I'm very happy that he ended up playing well this week. If he comes inside the top five overall and doesn't win, I have the top five on him. I have the top 20 on him. That would be nice. Hey, hell, if Day wants to go out and win, I am perfectly fine with that. I know a lot of us have the Jason Day tickets. Uh, It doesn't seem like he has much momentum to go get a charge, but... With Jason Day's putter, you never know. He's putting pretty well this week, and that had been holding him back. The irons really haven't come to fruition for him, so it'd be nice to see. So mistakes were made in the $200 lineup, as it kind of happens every week. So, so far through three weeks, like I said, I haven't hit the cash yet, which is pretty embarrassing. Uh, so you can see that I'm terrible at this, just like everyone else who loses money. I've bubbled out twice, so I've been within 10 spots of the money twice. and waste management no it was waste management or Tory. one of them was just an abject failure I think that was last week that we went through so I'm feeling like okay about this it would be nice if Molinari or Jones could go post like a think about go post like a minus three or a minus four today and just build up those back end points because that's really what's setting me apart because I want Davis to go out and shoot a low round I want Homa to get to go out and shoot a low round but like I mentioned uh, in this tournament you know 15% 17% a lot of players near the top listen them having a good round will help me it'll just help way more people actually matt i guess matt jones and molinari are higher own so it's really lashley for me that really needs to go if cam davis and lashley can go out and have a round and these guys don't just start bleeding off points towards the end uh maybe i can sneak back into the cash in that so hopefully everyone's lineups turned out well crossing our fingers that lashley can come through for us but again with some of the names near the top whether even the outside guys like casey or day down at minus ten. Then you still have to contend with Berger and Spieth. and Casey, Speet sorry, Speeth, Berger, and Cantley. Uh all the win equity is gonna be tied up in those guys. Then you have the outside Brian Stewart's or Will Gordon's or Tom Hoagies. that there's just so many names in this bucket that you just hope we, hopefully we have enough luck. Like we did last Sunday. I'm just not looking forward to it. Cause I just don't think it's going to happen for us, but I like being wrong in circumstances like that. So remember once again, smash a like to the episode, give me your early lean. I think my early lean is going to be Mark Leishman. We'll see about that. Once the pricing comes out. Uh, and again, anything Bubba over 40, If we can catch him like over 50, it's like an auto bet, like right away. Like I don't care what anyone else is. Just give me 50 to one on Bubba at Riviera and I feel like we're going to be good to go. Oh, the pricing at the top is what I wanted to talk about. If we try to guess the odds on this event. So you got Dustin is going to be the favorite. So you got DJ, Rom, JT, Bryson, Brooks, Rory. Xander and Cantley. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I'm guessing those are going to be the top eight guys on the board. So they all can't be like five to one to win. DJ opened at four to one last week in a super weak field. I'm guessing that DJ is going to be eight to one. Gonna say that Rom is 10 to one. JT is 10 to one. The Cantlay-Speeth thing is going to be super tricky because if Speeth wins, he might be like 20 to one. If Cantlay wins, he might end up being like 14 to one. But so eight for DJ, Rom for 10, 10 for DJ. I'm going to stick Bryson at, how are the markets going to treat Bryson? I hope we get a good number on Bryson. I'll call Bryson 12 to one. Brooks and Rory, I'm going to say they don't give Rory the benefit of the doubt. List them both at 16 to 1. Xander at 18. Cantlay at 18. That means Hovland, Morikawa, Hideki. I guess Wolf isn't really going to be on that tier. Scott. Finau, you're probably looking anywhere between 20 and 35 to 1. I'm hoping maybe Morikawa goes like 35 to 1. I would really like those odds, but you know, we're never that lucky. But there's so many good names at the very top of this field that's really going to push down the prices. So the Bubbas and Neiman's, uh, probably not Nah, but even Siwoo and Leishman and Cam Smith, guys like that, uh, might all fall, like I said, between like the 40 and 80 range, depending on where you look, which would be really nice to see. Coming through right away. So that'll do it for me. Like I mentioned, uh, smash like, early lean, sub to daily fantasy sports picks and bets, the mix. Leave a five-star review, something you like, Twitter handle, email address, and you're in that draw for a hundred DraftKings dollars. Listeners league link in the description, and become a member at fantasynational.com/slash mayo to get 20% off today. All right. I'm Pat Mayo.
1: Good luck this week, good luck next week, and we'll see you on Monday